This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. to So Circular, a sustainability radio show and podcast discussing waste reduction and circular economy. I'm Anthea Medill of Remix Plastic and this program is brought to you by The Rubbish Whisperer. Kia ora katoa katoa and welcome to episode 10 of So Circular. In this episode we'll be discussing palm oil. But before we start, some good news. The government has declared tyres, electronic waste, plastic packaging, agri-chemicals and their containers and refrigerants as priority products under the new product stewardship scheme. This means that there will be more responsibility put onto producers and manufacturers to deal with the waste and the environmental harm that these products may cause over their life cycle. This is so circular. You can contact us with your feedback and questions through Facebook or Instagram using the tag at RemixPlastic or via our website, remixplastic.com. The warehouse has announced that it will no longer be selling coal. The retail chain has removed coal from their website and stores after concerns were raised by customers that it didn't align with the company's sustainability messaging. And today we're happy to have Helen Townsend from The Rubbish Whisperer with us. Morena, Helen. Kia ora, Anthea. I'm quite excited about this episode on palm oil. Um, although we're not going to have much good news. I'll put that in as a warning yeah, before we start. at the start. Yeah, but it's really interesting, and I learned heaps of things um, that I didn't know um, before. And palm oil is where I started my whole journey into um, single-use plastics, avoiding single-use plastics. <laughs> not manufacturing. No, no not manufacturing. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting topic because it's one of the things that uh, once you start looking into you open a Pandora's box of problems. Mm. And so we're going to talk about some of those today and hopefully there's some yep. solutions in there. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get your hopes up on solutions, but get your hopes up on lots of interesting information. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going to tell you about how I started learning about palm oil. Um, and it was back in um, 2010 and I learned that the rainforests were being cut down for palm oil plantations and I thought, well, I'm not going to have anything with palm oil. Um, so I started reading the backs of all the packets um, when I was in the supermarket. And it was really slow and boring. <laughs> and I realised that... Supermarket shopping's already hard <laughs> enough, eh? Exactly. <laughs> I realised that if I just avoided pretty much everything with single-use plastic packaging, then I would be avoiding palm oil and that would be easier. Um and here we are today. Years later. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of these points we're going to like delve into a bit more uh, as well. So, Yeah, and um, this is one of those episodes where we start off talking about palm oil and then we end up talking about quite a few other things because everything is connected. So what is palm oil? So palm oil is an edible vegetable oil that's derived from the pulp of the fruit of the of oil palms, um, and it's highly saturated oil and is solid at room temperature, which makes it a really cheap and good substitute for butter. Uh, so oil palms are grown in tropical climates and generally forests are cleared for plantations. Uh, in Malaysia and Indonesia produce 85% of the world's palm oil, and the deforestation in order to plant them threatens 193 endangered species. Yeah, so um, 
the Indonesian rainforest is home to orangutans, which are the poster animal of um, palm oil um, substitutes and refusing palm oil. Um, but also um, Indonesia, which is made up of quite a few islands, but it has elephants and rhinos and tigers and a whole lot of other interesting things. It's a good megafauna. Yeah, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Um, and um, Malaysia, um, in a response to um, palm oil being avoided, has introduced a new slogan, which is, palm oil is God's gift. Oh, man. Which I would think orangutans and elephants would and tigers <laughs> would maybe be classed as God's gift for yeah. palm oil plantation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and so palm oil is estimated to be in about 50% of household products. So like you say, a lot of the stuff in the supermarket likely has palm oil in it. Um, three quarters of total palm oil produced is used for food, um, mainly cooking oil and processed oils and fats. Um, and it's also used in cosmetics, cleaning products and biofuel, which I only just recently learned. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, similarly to, as you said earlier, is that I just assume that any processed food has palm oil in it. Yeah, which is pretty much a fair call because um, palm oil accounts for 35% of vegetable oils that are consumed worldwide. Um, and it's the cheapest vegetable oil, like you said, but also it's stable, it has a neutral taste, and it provides a really good yield. So if you have a hectare of oil palms, you can get four tonnes of oil, and that's compared to like 0.6 of a tonne for rapeseed or 0.36 of a tonne for soy. So um, palm oil is great because you can get lots from a smaller area, which yeah. when you're talking about deforestation is good, but it's bad for so many other reasons. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah. Also, um, some other oils, like, for example, sunflower oil, if you heat it to a high temperature, it produces trans fats, which are linked to cancer and heart disease. Um, so, so it's yeah, all there's good a whole news. can of oily worms that we're opening. Yeah. <laughs> oily worms. <laughs> um, so as we've stated in other episodes, circular systems provide solutions for these sorts of problems. And so the principle, three principles of a circular economy are designing out waste and pollution, keeping products and materials in use, and regenerating natural systems. Uh, so palm oil is a consumable, so it's a little bit harder to look at it through that lens, um, but there's still circular ways that we can reduce its impact uh, that it has on the planet. And in this episode, we'll discuss some of these and what consumers need to be aware of when they're purchasing products. Have you noticed how we are referred to as consumers and not citizens most of the time now? Yeah, so this is really interesting, and I think we've talked about doing a whole episode on this, that... Um, there's a shift from like that began in the early 20th century that changed the way that individuals were defined and that they became consumers in a free market rather than citizens in a society. And that was kind of then embedded in like neoliberal politics. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this words. more sometime. So in a few episodes, I'm going to learn what neoliberal politics means when okay. we do citizens versus consumers. <laughs> but um, I, I think 
um, that we're valued on how much money we spend and how much stuff we have. And I think perhaps also we're valued on how much packaged food we keep in our cupboards um, because then we're contributing to society and spending money and providing food for people that is, you know, the acceptable food of our culture. Yeah, I just had a vision of going around to friends' houses at school and if they had, like, the good biscuits. yeah. 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 My daughter has a friend who she likes going there because they have the best food. Yeah. Which is like noodles, two minute noodles. <laughs> <laughs> the best food. <laughs> <laughs> two minute noodles are massively high in palm oil because the noodles are cooked in palm oil oh. to start with. Um, and then all those little sachets of palm oily goodness. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like a tub of palm oil. What does palm oil have to do with a circular economy? So it's used in food, so it isn't a reusable thing, but there are opportunities to design out waste and pollution from the current system. So like anything, once it's produced on a scale, um, it can have large impacts on people and the planet. So I see it as having lots of similarities um, with cheap single-use plastic in that they're produced on a large scale, they often exploit people, uh, and impacts certain parts of the world that they're artificially cheap and don't represent the true cost and that they're used with like lots of processed food and junk food. Uh, and palm oil is used to make cheap mass-produced products that are shipped around the world. Yeah. Um, I, it's amazing that, like we were saying before, that everything is linked um, and there are similar, similarities between palm oil and single-use plastics. And um, one of the... Oh, we're going to talk more about processed food later, but um, in New Zealand, Whitakers and Cadbury's don't use palm oil in their chocolate. So we can think, hooray! Yeah, because when they did switch, there was a huge uproar. Hey? Yeah, so they, they took the, the palm oil out or they didn't put it in. But they do use um, soy, and soy is grown in the Amazon and is the second largest driver of deforestation of oh. the Amazon. You can't win, can you? No. You can't so, have chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just switch to a different oil and continue consuming at the same rate. And that's why palm oil is related to circular economy, because it's all about our consumption of things that we don't actually need. Yeah. I mean, some would argue that we do really need chocolate. We just yeah, have to find or, a way to do it better. We can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> that could be a whole other episode as well. <laughs> um, and... So, again, like other areas of sustainability, there's heaps of room for greenwashing. Uh, and I know, I'm sure that anybody that's tried to start considering their palm oil consumption has been swallowed by this void of misleading information. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of those things as well that as people become aware of the damage that um, palm oil can have on the environment, uh, and they start trying to avoid it, then like the industries get better at like hiding it and stuff. So there's like 200 different names for the same thing, or like different versions of palm oil. So like some things might say vegetable oil, and they'll be palm oil. So you could look at it and think that it's vegetable oil and that that's okay, but it's actually palm oil. Yep. Um, and palmate, sodium laurate, uh, and then you can try and yeah, say that one. So what about? Um, <laughs> Sterile trimethyl ammonium chloride. Yeah, what about that? <laughs> or octidotyl steroid steroids. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't pronounce them quite like that. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not a sure scientist. <laughs> um, so, do you think that that is one of the reasons why there's so many names? Um, it's also because um, chemical processes make the palm oil different 
depending on how it's used. Right. Um, so also I was thinking, I used to think that if it says vegetable oil, then it's palm oil, so I should avoid it. But now I'm thinking if I can't pronounce it, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a good life lesson, life rule, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to see the full list of names for palm oil, you can visit the orangutanalliance.org and there is an alternative names for palm oil where it lists all 200 of them. Oh, good one. So practice your <laughs> chemical pronunciations. <laughs> um, and the link for that is on our website as well. As we said, packaged processed food often contain palm oil because it's a really cheap thing, a cheap ingredient to be used. Um, and that 36% of the cost of New Zealand's diets is spent on unhealthy food and drinks. Yeah, so this is interesting about whether we need chocolate. Yeah. So, do I need chocolate or do Just I really need... want it? I think. Yeah. That... Do I need that money in yeah. my wallet? Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe that. Um, that it, that's a huge amount. Thirty-six percent. Yeah. The amount we spend on food is spent on unhealthy food and drinks. So that that means that stuff we don't. That's not nutritional value. Mm. And that's all stuff. That's all our fun it. money. Yeah. <laughs> Could do something more fun. Yeah. <laughs> like not kill orangutans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so in 2016-17, the New Zealand Health Survey found that children living in the most deprived areas were 2.5 times as likely to be obese than those living in least deprived areas. Um, And this is generally because in the supermarket, junk food is really cheap. Uh, So, for example, a dollar loaf of packaged bread in the supermarket, which doesn't really fill you up and has palm oil in it, versus a $5 bakery loaf that's locally made with no palm oil and is delicious. And so avoiding palm oil is a luxury in some ways. Yeah, and this really shows um, that it is a systemic problem that we're dealing with because we're not just dealing with palm oil in products. We're talking about... um, social deprivation and obesity and income inequality and all those things as well. Um, And the other thing is if we make food from scratch, it's cheaper than processed food. But to make food ourselves, we need the luxury of time. And um, if we aren't paying people a living wage and people are having to work two jobs or they have to commute a long way or they have no flexibility in their work um, and we have to buy all the stuff to keep up with everybody else... Um, then we can't afford to have yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, so if we can reduce income inequality, we could maybe decrease obesity and positively impact on palm oil plantations. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah. That palm oil isn't actually the problem. It's all these other things. Yep. Palm oil isn't the problem. <laughs> the problem is the system that we have. Yeah. Um, and that's why we're here talking it. about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the thing: making stuff from scratch is generally healthier because it's like pure ingredients and you can tr- control what's put in it. Uh, so, for example, you could put like less sugar in foods rather than just having massively processed heaps of ingredient stuff. Yeah, because if you look at recipes over time, recipes um, from like 40 years ago have less sugar in them than recipes oh, now. So actually you can, yeah, just... use less and still have a good biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was thinking about biscuits. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about, um, we did that episode on, on fashion, so I was thinking mm-hmm. about clothes. Um, so like most people, there are some clothes in my wardrobe that don't fit me. And I was thinking that if I don't eat packaged food, it's a bit of a win-win because the processed food costs more than ingredients. Um, and if I eat 
more packaged food, I will get fatter. And if I get fatter, I won't fit the clothes <laughs> that are in my cupboard. So I'll be wasting those clothes. I'll have to spend more money to buy more clothes, which are bigger. They take up more wardrobe space. <laughs> when I wash them, they're going to use more water and more washing powder and take longer to dry. So really... <laughs> This is a glimpse inside the... <laughs> if I don't eat so much packaged food, I could just wear the clothes that are in my cupboard already. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, like we say, everything is connected. Um, and I find it easier to make stuff from scratch because then I don't have to go through that rigmarole of figuring out what I should be buying and what I shouldn't be buying. So, like... We've talked about this with recycling, is that if you're looking at a package and you have to figure out whether that package can go in the recycling or whether it can be composted or blah, blah, blah. It's the same with anything, is that um, then you have to, like we're saying, all these names, I have to look at it and then try and work out what the hell's in it. So it's just easier to avoid it. I do find that often living more sustainably is easier on my brain. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have to make all these hard decisions. Yeah. And I think that it's... um, one of those things that every once in a while you just have like a massive kick in the guts when you're trying, when you're starting. So like I started by trying to avoid single-use plastic and then palm oil came in after that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was, you know, like refilling my containers with an eco-brand laundry detergent. And then I found out that the eco-brand laundry detergent had palm oil in it. Uh. And so then I was like, oh... If you want it done, you have to do it yourself. <laughs> so then I had to make my own laundry detergent. So it's, yeah, you can't always trust what you think you are buying either. No. Mm. Um, and this is where it gets more complicated because there are products um, from Palm Kernels that don't need to be labelled. Um, so you're never going to know. Oh, so right. um, the byproduct um, of palm oil production is palm kernel expeller, which is also called PKE. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what is left of the kernel after the oil has been dis- extracted. Um, and this PKE is used as animal feed and biofuel. So in New Zealand, <laughs> PKE <laughs> is imported as a supplementary feed for dairy cows. Um, and in 2018, we imported 2.2 million tonnes of it Wow! to our grass-fed, lovely, natural dairy cows. That's amazing. Um, And New Zealand is actually the biggest single consumer of PKE globally, um, and we take 30% of all the PKE produced. Whoa! And the second after that is the EU. So all the countries in the EU don't use as much palm kernel expeller as we use. Wow. Yeah. It gets worse. Heavy. Can I carry oh on? my gosh. Okay. So PKE <laughs> is um, especially important as a supplementary feed um, during drought. So that's why it's introduced to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But there are other ways to farm that make your farm more drought resistant. So mm-hmm. um, instead of planting like grass that doesn't do well in drought conditions, you can plant a diverse perennial pasture. And so if the roots go down further, they can access more water and it's more stable. Um, And this can increase the dairy farm's ability to withstand drought. Yeah. And there are some places in New Zealand that are working on those types of things. Yeah, Yeah. And there are places that are seeing that they don't have to irrigate as much because their farm is more drought resistant. Yeah. So that'll be better for them financially as well. It's yeah, and you don't have to buy an imported yeah. um, palm oil, I mean palm <laughs> kernel. Gosh. Um, 
And um, do you want to know <laughs> how it goes? So you don't need to um, you don't need to say on your dairy products that the cows have been fed by right. the palm kernel. So you can't tell. Right. Um, and it gets worse, and you're not going to like this <laughs> at all because um, Fonterra sources PKA, PKE from a company called Wilma International. And guess what they get up to? <laughs> sound like they're the good guys. <laughs> they have been implicated in rainforest destruction, illegal burning, and social conflicts over community lands. Oh, my gosh. And in 2012, they were ranked the world's worst company for corporate sustainability and environmental impact. Wow, there's a world's worst. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise we were keeping Italia at that end. Yeah, it's um, Italia of, like, the worst 500 companies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And they came out on top. So that's nice every time you're having your breakfast to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so milk is one of those things that um, our household has had challenges with, finding a way to get around to all of the problems with different things. So we swapped to oat and soy milk for a while, but then that came in Tetra Packs, and Tetra Packs aren't recycled in Christchurch. Um, and so in the end, we decided to just reduce our milk use and buy in glass refillable containers from small dairy producers. Um, Which is not going to be cheaper. Which is a luxury, yeah. Yeah. So using less of it means that it's easier to switch. But, I mean, you know, like it balances out in some way, but it's still a lot more expensive because it's like double the price per litre. But it's things like I have black coffee rather than having milk in my coffee. And we just have milk on our cereal in the morning. Yeah, so I talk a lot about packaged biscuits on the program because they're not my vice, so it's easy for me to say we shouldn't be eating them. But I have never reduced my milk consumption. Um, and even though I know it comes from plastic and all the issues with um, irrigation and dairying, and I've just found out about palm kernel. So um, it's hard. Um, and the thing is we can't switch. I can't switch to soy because of it's deforesting it's, the Amazon. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where we can't just all swap to something else and carry on as we are. So we need the systems to change so that we can have less impact on the planet. Yeah. And that's the thing that it's like all very well, everybody going vegan, but it's the scale of things that can be the problem. And so then a huge amount of people doing any certain thing on the planet will have an impact. Uh, so the question that everyone will be asking, Helen, is what about sustainable palm oil? Yeah, so it's estimated that only 20% of palm oil produced is sustainable palm oil. Um, but I have a real problem with sustainable palm oil because um, what makes it sustainable? Is it just that we cut the rainforest down earlier before yeah. we started counting? Yeah. <laughs> um, so in t- 2004, the palm oil industry set up the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil. Um, and... Uh, some people say it's good. The WWF strongly believes that palm oil industry can grow and prosper without destroying tropical rainforests. Um, I was quoting there. Yeah. I put on my quoting voice. Um, but Greenpeace, on the other hand, say it is about as much use as a chocolate teapot. Yeah, I think the important thing to note here is that the palm oil industry set it up. So... It's, it's not, not independent. in their best interest necessarily to enforce any of the things that they say that they're going to do. Yeah, so it took 14 years from its um, inception for the RSPO to ban its members from destroying forests. That's insane. 14 years is yep. too long. And it still hasn't enforced this new rule. So even if it's certified palm oil... And it's saying that it's going to do certain things. Yeah. Still deforestation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, so my issue with this is that I understand that we need to have some kind of way to recognise a, a way of manufacturing or, like, producing these things sustainably. And so we do need some kind of certification. Um, but I don't think that it can be run by the industry itself because then it's just inevitably not going to be useful and independent. Um, so there needs to be some sort of management, but how do we make that valuable for people? I'm not sure. This is kind of outside my area of expertise. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we need the Greenpeace guys to set something up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and palm oil is a really good example of the environmental issues that face us because you can think that things are easy and then as soon as you start looking into it, realise that it's all just massively complicated. Yeah, so palm oil and other oil is all to do with politics and income inequality and obesity, and it all just comes back to consumption, that we're consuming too much of everything, um, and the more affluent we become, basically the more garbage we eat. (laughs) So on that note, we've come to the end of our show. Sorry that there's not more solutions in here, but (laughs) what's your do-one challenge going to be? I can't a solution (laughs) for this one. Um, My do-one challenge is start thinking of yourself as a citizen, not a consumer, and start thinking of packaged food as treats and not snacks. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, My do-one challenge is going to be the, to look into making your own vice. So pick the one thing that you feel like you can't stop from buying. Am I going to have to get a cow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get your own milk. Um, so mine is shortbread, and it's really simple because it's three ingredients and it takes 10 minutes. And I always think, I really like some shortbread, and then I can make it and have it right there and then. So Excellent. it's a win-win. <laughs> uh, so in the next episode, we're going to be discussing food waste. Awesome. I love this one too. Do you know it's There's a lot more solutions Described as the world's dumbest problems and there's heaps of things that we can do. Yep, so we'll have lots of things to talk about for that one. Thank you for joining us, Helen. Thank you. Kakitiano. So circular. You can listen to all our shows online at plainsfm.org.nz. For details on upcoming shows and links to resources we've mentioned in this episode, visit remixplastic.com.